0: Let's get ready to
1: rumble! Hello and welcome to Netflix at Cinema, the podcast that this week has four, four, count them four correspondents who have all <laughs> finally watched the film of the last 12 months for us because we've spoken about it more than any other film and that film is Persuasion. Persuasion. <laughs> My name is Tosin, <laughs> I am the host. I am based up in I'm based up in a place called Bromsgrove which is in the Midlands outside Birmingham in Birmingham and Worcester. And joining me as usual on the Isle of Wight are Sharon Bolin. Hello. Sean Harris. Hello there. And from London is Holly Nesling. We have pulled her away from all of the culture stuff from being a culture vulture from going to theaters, from going out and having wine tastings, and she's decided to come sit down for us and prattle on about films for an hour. Hello Holly, how are you? I I'm good. Yes. So, before before we get onto the point where we sort of like, you know, start talking about Films and stuff and and Sharon we I think that is some misery coming you to join you in truckloads with your stuff about persuasion if anybody wonders what we're talking about persuasion go onto our YouTube channel Netflix versus cinema and just search persuasion for the videos we talk about and you would see almost one of our most viewed oh, our most viewed video of last year you see Sharon's pain you, you, can see, mm. you can see Sharon's pain read the comments and see all the people who join in Sharon's pain but before we get on there we have some feedback which Yay. yes yes which we like doing we like doing we like whenever people get in touch with us we are like oh be our friend and we will um that might actually be what we just call this section we just call this section be our friend and here we have Taiwo Well <laughs> oh, yeah please Tywo, please
2: remember Tywo.
1: Yes Taiwo my cousin who's actually been on the show he's been a guest reviewer Yeah, on- yeah. Oh yeah, one of these times when Sean went off and Sean decided to go do mysterious things in Thailand. It's, I was thinking about this earlier this week, right, Sean, and I have a theory that if we go to certain areas, certain remote areas of Thailand and we speak about we speak about somebody and we show you a picture, they'll probably go, Oh, it's the white ferret <laughs> 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 or something like that i bet i bet you that there's some legendary stuff that you've done in all these <laughs> places around thailand so when show was one of his mysterious man of mystery things in thailand Sh- uh, taiwa actually came on the show so he um uh he he go on to the he 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 go back and he says um finally i've been catching up with the podcast In brackets, a lot of commuting this month. So essentially, we are his first choice, or one of his first choices when he's commuting anywhere. He listens to us. And he says, and I could not agree agree more with your take on Abbott Elementary, a really good office comedy. And this is nice. I actually get somebody agreeing with one of my reviews. It's good. Yeah. I was also fully on board when you mentioned Moesha's mom and, and he, it says dying her again. I think he meant seeing her again and autocorrect has done something to him. So I'm going to say, mention Moesha's mom and seeing her again until you put me in your age bracket. He is younger than me. I, and I did a double take on some quick maths. So he realized, yes, he is that old. It's also great to see Sean and Sharon's surreal colors. <laughs> As Sean cries listening to Whitney Houston, and, Sh- <laughs> and Sharon is completely unmoved. <laughs> <laughs> uh, in brackets, it was, as much as he's played as a grump. Sean really is a big softy, <laughs> so, and it's he's, he's like it's he's like for instance, see for reference, Tony Stark's daughter saying "I love you" three thousand. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And, and last but not least well done finally starting to watch Persuasion in brackets I was tempted to get Claudia Claudia's my wife I was tempted to get Claudia involved as a secret agent to force you into watching it <laughs> and then he ends up by saying sorry for the mammoth te- text You
2: oh, <laughs> like mammoth text thank you
1: mm. So yeah that is time we'll get back into this thank you very much and there is one other bit of feedback before we are going to kick off and we're going to as he mentions I have seen I have now seen persuasion. We've all seen persuasion, and we and Sharon wanted us to report back. And we will start off by reporting back on persuasion because we just can't escape this fact. <laughs> we, we keep talking. And we want to just bury it. We've, no, yes, we've we've all seen it.
2: Let's just bury it now. We've all
1: seen it. Let's let's just go now. Let's just go and let's just let's just um. Let's just forget about it. Well, we this, had to keep
3: our word, didn't we? We had to keep our word. We
1: had to keep our word, even though we had to be chased, and even though it took, <laughs> it came, it came years, years after the fact. We had to keep our word. So we saw persuasion, but also, also, we had um, some feedback from my brother, who went, who is a big fan of The Witcher. So guess what? He started watching on Netflix. <laughs> <laughs> guess what guess what he started watching uh, uh, the origin uh, one oh yes yes and he started watching it and he's he just sent a message he just sent a message saying currently watching the worst netflix series i have ever seen blood origins witcher it's nothing like the witcher it is sh star t avoid <laughs> <laughs> and then i sent him a link to our youtube review saying Why don't you ever ask me about these things? I could have told you. Because Sharon (laughs) (laughs) Because Sharon and Holly had seen the Richard Blood origin. And he says, LOL. Wish I did. Been thinking about it since I watched it. If I've ever seen a worse series, haven't thought of one yet. And then he he watches the review that you and you and Holly did, and he says, "I don't agree with Sharon and Holly. It was one star, or maybe less. It was ter- <laughs> <laughs> it was terrible. Can't believe she had the staying power to watch it a second time. That's directed at you, Holly. That's Holly. <laughs> yeah, well
0: I can watch it. anything more than once. It's a skill or a curse. I'm never sure."
1: Oh all right, so that's just somebody saying that you guys were way too fine. Oh we were way too kind. So, okay, we get onto the main event, we get onto to the big thing, and we will talk about new films, we will talk about new films, the films that are promised in the title of this episode, if you're listening to it audio-wise, we will get to talking about those, but first, we need to deal with the cat <laughs> out of the bag that is Persuasion. So, yes, I have finished watching Persuasion, I finished watching it earlier today. And, um, sh- uh, okay, I have to say, I'm somebody who has not read the book Persuasion, so one of the things that held me up from watching this for a while was because I was like a lot of what Sharon was talking about was Sharon was comparing the book and saying they've taken something that was great and made it rubbish and that was a lot of the source of your ire would you, would you say Sharon?
2: Absolutely absolutely I- that was the principle that was like of my top five grudges against persuasion that was number one
1: grudge <laughs> And, and, and Sharon is not joking. She does have a list of grudges. Yeah. She does have a list of grudges about this film, and and so so I hadn't watched, I hadn't read the book, and so I was thinking, well, if I haven't read the book, am I really going to get the thing? I'm going to get why this book is, why this film is such a crime against humanity? And so I started watching it, and. I don't think I have the full extent of how much of a crime this film is, but <laughs> I did I did have notes that I just put down. First of first and forwards, I just went, the voiceover is ill fitting. Because they have this whole thing where obviously they keep breaking the fourth wall. I mean you referred to it as the flea bagification of Jane yes. Austen. And where where she keeps breaking the fourth wall, she keeps talking to the camera and it doesn't work it just doesn't work and it carries on throughout the whole film and it is grating and it is so much and it is overdone and it just makes, and it make it, it set my teeth on edge like whenever she and it and there's <laughs> there's this whole thing where they where they they okay in in storytelling they say show don't tell this film is all tell there is no there is no point on which they go figure it out yourself. No, something happens, and she has to do an aside to the camera, or she has to do like an eye, like a side eye to the camera, or she has to go, so blah 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 and start saying all this stuff and all this exposition, and they keep telling you things like, Oh yeah, Anne is just such a great character, there's nobody like Anne. And the only evidence you have for Anne being all these things that she's meant that they mention is that they tell you. You never see her do anything. This film was I was about an hour into this film. And I realized I didn't know anything. I did not know anything about any of these characters. (laughs) I mean, the film ended, and you, and quite frankly, at the the end of the film, you know nothing about any of these characters that you did not know at the beginning. (laughs) And I just realized that it was was scene after scene after scene, and I was about an hour, and I had to take a break. And... Scene after scene after and the scenes were pointless because the scenes didn't tell you anything. You actually thought at the end of that scene, what did that scene do? Nothing. Did I move along the story? No. Okay, now we're going to bath. Why? Well, we're off the line. No. And the and this I think is probably the biggest crime. As this would have this would have worried me even if I didn't know it was a Jane Austen adaptation. But knowing that it's a Jane Austen adaptation, there is no wit whatsoever. And there is oh, the, oh. The, the dialogue <laughs> is terrible. It isn't smart. There's not there's no good observation. There's no the people talk is just kind of like meh and and it's it and I mean, essentially, there's two. I think there were three lines. There were three lines that I thought, "Ooh, that's kind of clever," and I was like, "That must have been taken directly from the book." And everything else was somebody else writing stuff, trying to think, "Oh, I work. I bet I, I bet I can modernize this," and it just doesn't work. The clothing. There's some clothes that they wear in this film that you could walk into an office building with now, and it wouldn't look out of place. <laughs> and, and and oh, good lord. And, but although so I was. It was, I'll say things that I liked. Things that I liked. I liked the colors. That's a short list. Yeah, I like it. It is actually a short list. I liked the colors, and I thought that Dakota Johnson's accent was good. But the the I liked the colors, but it was it felt like somebody had watched the personal history of David Copperfield, copied some of the ideas as to like decor and stuff like that from that, But I like. But apart from that, it was just kind of like. Ugh. And I watched a lot of this. And the film is slow. The film is slow. It is so slow. I'll tell you how slow it is. I watched a lot of this film on Netflix on an iPad (coughs) on 1.5 times speed. And it just... And I didn't feel like I was missing anything. (laughs) I didn't... The only time when I watched it at 1.5... Because when you watch it at 1.5 times speed, you kind of go... Oh, people look like they're moving around weird or anything. There was one scene where somebody finished playing the piano and they get up and starts clapping. And the clapping looked a bit quick. And that was about it. The rest of the film, I was like, okay, yeah, cool. And I was like, wait, I watched it at 1.5 times speed. Why am I not noticing? The original film must be so slow-paced. It must be so slow-paced. But that is, yeah, Sean,
3: you go. Are you sure? Yeah, you sure? <laughs> you, you summed it up pretty, pretty convincingly there. Okay. So I, have, I, have so I had to do but... this. I had to do this in two sittings. I had to do this. I got to the beach scene. I got to the beach. First of all, right? I that, thought that's where I stopped as well. Oh, right. That's where I stopped as well. <laughs> so, 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 this is this is how it went. So I started to watch it, and I thought, well, you know. It's interesting. I'll, tr- I'll give this a bit of a chance, see where it's going to go. Because I like the old dad and all that. And I thought, oh, this might be a Grant like BBC-ish. like Nothing like BBC uh, Pride and Prejudice. And as I say, I, d- I don't know the book. I've never read the-, the book or whatever, so I don't know. And I thought, oh, this is quite interesting. And then it just seemed to get on my nerves a little bit. And I thought, this <laughs> is like, right. And the bloke, when they get to that beach scene, what a wimp. I want to be friends, you know? And it's like, ugh. And I think that's when I text, when well, I text everybody and said, I'm trying to watch this, Sharon, but it's just not, <laughs> it's just I'm going to have to take a break because... And in
2: some ways, the beach scene is not that offensive to me because it's not in the book at all. It's completely made up. Right, that whole okay. scene is a complete don't So, so, you not, yeah, so that just, bit, I was, was think it's probably bloke. the least offensive because it's a complete fabrication. Oh, okay, comes, the, bloke across, even,
3: the bloke comes across like a real, real wimp. No, and I but thought, no, but those, how could that's how not
1: could you like know, someone, someone like that? No. No, it's, it's, uh, no. Uh, I think now uh, Sharon. I think okay. So it's funny that you said that because I find that with that beach beach scene probably one of the most offensive. Yeah. And 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 part of that yeah, is part of that is because and I think because obviously it said it's not based in the book whatsoever. It's funny stopped we, stopped we, <laughs> stopped <at scene. laughs> we stopped. It's funny yeah. We both stopped at that scene. We stopped at that scene. Sorry, need a break. Need a break. And I think the dialogue in that scene is. Oh, it's It's dire. It's, yeah, it is it's absolutely bad. It's bad. It is uh, it's so bad. bad. And, and, the fact, and then they try and, and they try and sort of like, you know, do it by her looking at the camera. And then I think it ends yeah. up with going, oh, now we're worse than, we're worse than lo- um, <laughs> like ex lovers. We're friends. And I'm just kind of like, oh, yeah, what? No, I know. Like yeah. you, yeah. you didn't even say that. It, yeah. it, 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 it felt like tweet speak. It felt like it was so,
2: <laughs> all it, the way through.
1: It, and I know, but the thing mm. is that there's this mix where there's some bits where they go into stuff that I'm I think is Austin, and there's bits where they go into stuff that is more modern. And the mix doesn't work; it just does not work. Mm. It's it's, uh, and it, it's, it's it's the kind of thing where you can almost see what they were trying to do, but they fail. <laughs> they, they fail in
3: doing it like badly, badly. Sorry, Sean, I interrupted you from. No, 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 it's cool. Cos so you carry on and pretty much said it all anyway. But um. Yeah, so i stopped at that scene and i was like well i've got to see the rest i have to see the rest because i gave my word i've got to struggle and see the rest <laughs> but um uh, yeah it was the whole thing was a real struggle you're exactly right we you know nothing more about these characters it's all superficial a nice bit of scenery but um on the whole you know i just it was yeah. i i have to say that pfft, it was a sort of nothing nothing awful didn't seem to have anything to it, you know at all. Yeah, it,
1: it was it was a real case of finishing and going. Oh my mm-hmm. god, that's that's an hour forty five minutes. I'm not getting back.
0: I yeah. just can't remember most of it.
1: You can't remember. That's, no. the, point! that's oh, the,
0: point! the point. Yeah, In my mind. The only bit that I remember is the bottle of wine at the start, and the oh. net <laughs> And I'm still sure that the rabbits are a you know a double entendre. I um,
3: think yeah, but I, I think Richard E. Grant is. Um, his, think, uh, I, he's the I, best I, thing.
1: Well, thing it is like Richard E. Grant, because one of uh, one of my notes just says Richard E. Grant, and I, I I can't decide whether that was a good or a bad thing. It
3: was a good. I think he was he was. I think he was. He was of, kind of like on withdrawal for Yeah, yeah. He was. He, he he was probably
2: understood the character of. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think. It's Sir William, isn't it?
1: Yeah, he's just he's just so sort of like totally up himself. Mm-hmm. Totally. A- he's
2: tall, yeah. So I yeah. think he is he probably understands that character the best. Mm. Um, whereas the others are just it's just awful. I mean, I will never forgive them for making Anne Elliot wee behind a tree.
1: <laughs> oh, that was I it. will never
2: <laughs> forgive them. That, for okay, okay, all right. Okay. All right. Okay,
1: okay. Now, 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 I'll tell you this this is this film felt like because I remember I have directed Shakespeare adaptations before, like done Shakespeare yeah. on, play, uh, on stage before. And when you're doing Shakespeare, well, with me anyway, I'm always trying to figure out a way of making this stuff make sense to people who are watching it, who don't understand the language. So trying to figure out ways of staging it, of get people to do stuff, or things that they can relate to. And every, and some of them, I have to admit, were bad ideas. So I've watched, the, I've watched them back and I've gone, mm, 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 that didn't work. <laughs> and this film felt like they were going through the whole thing, thinking, okay, how can we update Jane Austen and make it more relatable to it? And but it just felt like a whole bunch of first base ideas that did not actually serve the story that <laughs> and and the for me the big problem is well as i said the big thing is like you know you finished the film you've learned nothing new but then nothing is shown that makes you understand why any of these people is desirable. This film, <laughs> this film is just filled with terrible characters, like her sister who doesn't know where her kids are half the time, and the and at the beginning that essentially I was I was watching this thing going okay there is nothing to this Anne Elliot person, and I find it so hard to believe, find it so hard to accept that Jane Austen would have written a character that would have been nothing <laughs> that, that would... wallowing in pity. that's yeah. not that's not, I, I, it's, it's, not it's, that, it's just so one note it's so one note and I think I think at that point will we, we'll, but I will I want to finish this off I think two.
3: okay yeah so yeah sorry, I was sorry. just gonna say I think Holly wanted to say something and I rudely interrupted her like earlier on about she wanted to say something and I just felt I sort of jumped in so no. I don't know if you've got anything to say Holly no, I no, doubt not
0: okay. anything particularly profound because, okay. say, I don't really remember it. So, oh,
3: well. <laughs> okay, oh, <laughs>
0: I feel oh. like I'm the fortunate one here in this. <laughs> Yes, don't, worry, don't worry, don't worry.
1: Don't worry, we, we probably, Sean and I, uh, we, we finished it now and yeah. probably in about a week's time we'll be like, be what, what do you mean Persuasion? I'll tell you what happened in a week's time, we'll be like, oh yeah, Persuasion, we should watch that. And we we'll should revisit, yeah, we and should revisit we'll start, that. We'll start watching it again <laughs> because we forgot when we watched it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so, but I, I like to finish, i like to finish off on, on a bit of the, the two lines that I was like, ooh, those those lines actually stood out. And I I need to I need to write I need to write those down. I need to note them. And one of them was when somebody talks about uh their cousin, their cousin and they talk about his relentless attack on your family. And they say, like, Oh, that must really, really put you off, Anne. And she says, actually, so far that's his most willing quality. And I was like, That's actually a witty line. <laughs> that's actually a witty line. I wasn't sure what it was from the book. And another no. bit where where one of her sisters says I'm never quite sure if you're assaulting me or, but, uh, assaulting me or not, but I value your regard so little that I don't mind either way. Oh, and I thought, in the book. Not in the book. Oh, okay.
2: Neither of those are book lines.
1: Okay, but those are the lines I actually thought, you know what, <laughs> that's actually kind of witty. That's actually kind of witty, that's actually kind of, it, it, it's good, <laughs> but uh, apart from that, I don't think there was anything well observed in this film. And on that note, let's put Persuasion to bed. We've watched it now. Hope you're happy, Internet. Well, Taiwan, hope you're happy. Very <laughs> and, please, and, and let's move forward to films that we've seen this week which hopefully hopefully were better to us than persuasion so we started off we're going to start off in cinema as is as is our way we usually start off in cinema and we're going to start off with um tar which tar. I saw. Okay. so I'm, ho- I'm hoping that we've just spoken about persuasion tar just been nominated for oscars and everything like that and everybody keeps raving about this film um because, mainly because of Kate Blanchett's performance. So Sean, tell us about Tar.
3: Okay, so Tar. So this is the story of like uh, um uh first female conductor of the Berlin uh you know symphonic orchestra. And um obviously it starts off there must be, you know, there must be so many references to classical music. This would be any any classical musos would absolutely adore this film I would think because you know there's a lot of I mean I'm aware of some of the composers but Anyway, and she, she, she goes and she teaches this this class in Juilliard. Um, um, and, you know, she's discussing about why would you like this? And anyway, so there's that bit. And she's got, um, she has a relationship. So she's got a wife. She's got a wife and she's got an ex-lover who's like a PA. Um, and she had, which you only see through dreams, really. You, you you see that she had a relationship with with one of her students. Um you you never actually see that relationship it's just through she has like disturbed dreams and things so you just assume so she's she's basically gay and she's she's a lesbian and um it turns out that this 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 girl she she commits suicide so there's all this sort of and then where she went to teach this class where she was quite horrible some people have edited a video so it's not the whole video it just makes it look like she's a real bully and a real um you know not a bit, particularly not a very nice person a bit of a bit of a predator if you will you know and oh, yeah, so yeah yeah so and it goes viral and it's like oh you know and then so it all comes across the board and then the suicide thing comes up and the people's parents and she gets lots of flack and um uh <clears throat> obviously you know that she's she's in front of the board in a few uh she's got a pain so she, she gets on the drugs and things and just, you know um there's a there's a cellist there's a young cellist that uh she wants to be be uh, Involved with... Involved, well... Shall we? She doesn't actually get involved, but her wife, so her wife, who's the chief violinist, she's sort of... And the ex-lover, who's the PA, they sort of notice this thing. So they get a bit funny with her. um, With her wife, she's got a daughter. It's all very, very convoluted and quite you Know the relationship, it it, sort of it, it, see,
1: it seems like everything I've heard about this is that this is really it, it's so it rises and falls on Kate Blanchett because she plays yeah. Tar, I think it's yeah. Lydia Tar, is the Lydia name Lydia Tar, yeah, Lydia Tar. and it's, Tar, it's yeah. all a character study about her, her so yeah. it, it isn't really about so much like a plot as it is about this one yeah, that's this it, one yeah. character what, who, yeah. who, but, well, whenever they make films like this and they make a film who is like a, a conductor, I, it makes me think of things like Whiplash and you know, the J.K. Simmons, like yeah, definitely, leader. yeah, <laughs> essentially, leader, this, yeah. this character that. I think has to be a bit of an egotist to do what they do, and has to be a bit of a monster. Yeah. So a little bit of a monster.
3: Yeah. So
1: uh, really, so really, it's it's about her. So I've heard a lot about the film being like three hours long. Mm. No, but first of all, did you feel the three hours? Yes.
3: Yes, I did. had (laughs) a sigh there. (laughs) Yes, I did. Yes, Um, I found it's quite funny because with Kate Blanchett. It started off really good. It was really intense, I thought. But there were times, and I mean, I might just be letting wrong where she, I thought she was Kate Blanchett. You know, there, there was times when it was really good when she was like, uh, not so much. Yeah, the conducting part was like Kate Blanchett when she was conducting the orchestra. I thought, well, I can see Kate Blanchett there. Some of the other like the relationships with the different different things and the intensity was. Um, yeah, I mean it was it was she, she was a pretty good performance, but that's all it was about really. And I'm sure if you were into this would be like for people that are in the I mean I like classical music and but it's like um you know there's a lot obviously many many references to classical music and
1: So So it's a bit like us where we're watching a film like what Hail Caesar and they had all these references to (laughs) classic movies and we're like, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. You see what they did there? I see what they did
3: there. Because what she does, she rearranges pieces, you know, she sort of, so she might take a, um, you know, bark and she sort of alters it a little bit for the, the, uh, you know. So, and in this, I just reminded, this is one thing, this was my husband made. There is a lot of driving an electric car through tunnels. I don't know if that's <laughs> supposed to symbolise something, but there is a lot of that that goes on, right? It's like <laughs> mm, real silent, and these look almost futuristic. Like I, I guess it must be in Berlin or somewhere. But there's a lot of that. There's a lot of that, and that was much like I don't know why they put this in films. It's like when we went to see she said she said Sharon. Do you know what I mean? There's loads lot of scenes, yeah, a lot of driving. A <laughs> yeah, lot of and
1: driving, is
3: that yeah. to pad it mm-hmm. out because? You know just go there just say right get in the car and then you could go there you know like... and
2: then you're there yeah but it's like oh let's
3: so i reckon this tunnel i reckon the tunnels because it was always seemed to be tunnels i reckon that must have been symbolizing something but for the life of me i couldn't figure that out but i'm sure someone will <laughs>
0: delving uh, into yourself delving into something yeah like yeah that.
3: going yeah delving into something get, getting a bit deeper getting yourself in trouble whatever so i don't know but uh, that's, that's, underground yeah <laughs>
1: Now, from the second I heard about this film, from the second I heard about this one, the second I saw the tra- the trailer of this film, I was like, "This is going to be." Some people are going to think it's a five, and some people are going to think it's a one. Mm. <laughs> and, 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 I just thought straight, I was like, "It's going to be one of those sort of films." So, what did you think? What did you think?
3: How okay, many- I, it was. I mean, the performances were quite good. I found it particularly long, but I didn't find it particularly like huffy puffy sort of okay. thing. Okay. <laughs> A little bit long, probably not too much annoying, so I would say this is this would for me personally it'd probably be a three star sort of effort this film three star it wasn't like I didn't think it was was you know anything really special you know and like you say maybe the performance most of the time by Kate Blanchett, it's probably fairly good but uh I really like the um the wife who was the chief violinist and there's also the 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 cellist who was part of the orchestra when the young girl comes and yeah yeah, yeah. he's like because she says there's the bit where she says oh we're gonna we've got this there's a piece of music where you need the cellist at the start of all like that and she says and they look at the chief cellist you know and she's like really made up and all that says but we're gonna have to do auditions and you can just see the you know so the cattiness and the nastiness and it's like yeah because everybody looks at the, the cellist and thinks, oh, this is a great piece for you. You know, you've been in the orchestra for ages, but she wants this young girl to come in, you know. So. So, yeah. So anyway. So, yeah. Three stars.
1: Three stars, three yeah. stars for Tar, which is which is. I think some people have already started giving Kate Blanchett that um, golden statue. Golden
3: <laughs> statue, yeah.
1: yeah um, but but I think when I heard about this of Kate Blanchett and her performance and everything, it made me think a little bit of Blue Jasmine, you know, the Woody Allen film in which she well, played. Blue
3: Jasmine's great. Blue Jasmine is absolutely. I think I raved about that one. I, oh I, yeah, yeah
1: yeah her performance is really good but it was like a character that i did not
3: like mm, yeah
1: i think jasmine and blue jasmine you want mm. to punch her
3: yeah and, yeah yeah <laughs> i think pretty much she would in this one too if i'm honest <laughs> yeah
1: yeah and, and, and everything i've heard about lydia Tarr, i'm like yeah you want to punch this woman you want to punch her in the face but um all right cool so now we're going to go over to netflix and friends and we're going to go to the cook of Castamar, which sharon you saw so tell us about the cook of Castamar.
2: Yes, oh. it's a Spanish production based Ooh. on a, apparently a best selling Spanish novel that I know nothing about.
1: Okay. Uh, but
2: it is, yeah, I think 10 parts, I believe it is. It's um, okay, so uh, in... you know,
1: okay, so Sharon, you're you're doing your usual thing of like, you know, reviewing something in another language, but we're probably gonna be one of the few English language things. So I expect all the views to come rolling in on YouTube. <laughs> no. uh, that that's a niche that Sharon has cornered. When she when she does something that it's another language, but um we're, the, we're about the only people who reviewed it in English. So ta-da! So cool. Uh, well, who knows? Um uh, yeah, so it's set in
2: seventeen eleven, seventeen twelve. So picture Dangerous Liaisons, those sort of clothes. And okay. it's almost like an upstairs-downstairs type drama where you have, um, at the beginning, it starts off with the, the, the Duke of Castamar, Don Diego del Castamar. Um, he's widowed. He's got, he's got this seemingly happy marriage with his wife. She's just found out she's expecting the potential heir to this vast estates and this dukedom. And there's a tragic accident, and she is killed, and he is left bereft. And at the begin, then a year passes, and they're trying to encourage him to take back up his position in society again. And then at this sort of time, when he's beginning to emerge from his state of mourning, this young woman, um, we don't know much about her at the beginning. She's basically found a position in his kitchens as just one of the members staff in the kitchens, and it one day the, the actual cook um, has an accident and um, can no longer work. So she steps in as, as she's got a gift for, for cooking. And then she becomes the cook of Castamar. So it's based on this, this one woman. And the story unfolds where you find out that um, there's a young woman has been invited to stay with the Duke and his family. And there's there's sort of like plotting going on. There's this sort of sinister character called the Marquis de Soto who invites this young woman um, and then he seduces her. And you think, what's going on here? Why would he introduce this sort of young woman and then seduce her and to get the Duke to marry her? And there's all sorts of plotting going on. So there's a very much shades of dangerous liaisons. Yeah,
1: sounds, and, yeah. yeah.
2: And and this sort of story as, and as you the story unfolds, you understand what, this Mar- Marquez has got the, about what the, his problem is and why he's plotting all this downfall and each as each episode goes on, it is novelly in the way it's um, structured uh, in that each episode almost has like uh, a mini episode on its own. So there's a point of drama, there's a bit of tension then it moves on but there's this over this, this sort of running through it is this thread of what why is he sort of plotting against the Duke? But, but seemingly acting as his friend. And there's a sort of whole cast of characters upstairs and downstairs. There's all this group of aristocrats basically who are in the, the upper house. And then the lower house, you've got these people who are um the servants, and but who interact with some of the local uh smugglers and who interact with some of the local um underworld, and mm-hmm. you see how the sort of the layers of society and one of the the children of the the Duke's brother is is an adopted brother who was once was a slave, uh, but he has been adopted into the family. And he is the the mother calls him her son. He calls him his brother. He's fully accepted as part of the family. And you find out a little bit about his backstory and how um, he becomes involved in this plotting to bring about the downfall of the, the house of Castamar. So it is quite a, a real sort of soap opera of a of a, <laughs> of a drama. So you have got thought you know tensions as of there's sort of hint of romance there but because of the classes you know you uh, there's only one sort of relationship that a duke can have with his servants it's either as an employer or as like, like an illicit relationship. Yeah yeah. yeah. You, there is no sort of honorable outcome to a duke and a, and a cook having a relationship. And so it sort of delves into that how you know how can they both you know, maintain their own personal integrity, um, even though they may have feelings with each other, you know, where can that possibly go if you're a duke? You cannot elevate a cook into the aristocracy and a duke, you know, what does he do? And he has feelings for someone other than someone who's suitable as a future duchess. So yeah. you see this sort of social angling and there's, there's a side plot with the king who's a bit mad, as most of the Spanish kings were, and how you know, the throne potentially is threatened because there's like this this sort of vein of madness running through the, the royal house. And oh, oh, wow. and the Duke is sort of drawn into the sort of royal selfish. So it's interesting. It's sort of you see about society, you see about the the local with all these dramas running through it as well. So oh, okay, I cool, actually but, really liked it.
1: All right, yeah. I was gonna ask you that because no bearing in mind you you, you, you broke out you you like, like in a courtroom drama, you, you mentioned Dangerous Liaisons and therefore it's fair play. So I'm going to mention Dangerous Liaisons because I know yeah. that there's a new version of Dangerous Liaisons that both you and Holly have recently started watching. and Honestly, I,
2: think... I haven't seen it yet myself. I haven't seen it yet.
1: Okay, okay, cool. I thought you both started watching and you both kind of went, oh, can't be bothered. So I was wondering, yeah. I was wondering like, had this held your, uh, your attention better? So you quite liked it. How many stars did you give it?
2: I really rated um, the Cookie customer. I would give it a four. I I liked the fact that it was structured in a way like a book, that you have these chapters, you have, each chapter reveals a little bit more information, so you understand the the picture that is built, it builds up a picture, and you get these sort of rise and fall, um, Mm -hmm. and then it sort of builds to a, you know, a conclusion, so I like the way it's structured, because so many modern adaptions of novels they like to chop about with structure you end up getting you start at the middle then you get flashbacks at the beginning and then you get a bit more information then you get jumps ahead, and jumps ahead. i think sometimes when you a well constructed novel is like a well constructed drama is yeah. that you don't have to make use tricks because if you've written a good story it can the story will flow and rise and fall and i felt that this was just really well constructed i didn't know any of the actors of course because i'm not that familiar with um Spanish, the, the, the Spanish, yeah, you know,
1: Spanish actors and stuff,
2: glitterati. Um, so I didn't, you know, so but I thought it was really well done. There were sympathetic characters. You want to boo and hiss at the bad guys, and there's like a a, a nice sort of there's a bad guy and there's a bad um bad woman, you know, that a wicked lady. Um, so yeah, there's some I I thought there's some interesting for me. I enjoyed it. I just thought it was a for me about like a real almost like old fashioned in places, but as for that, all that. You could really get your teeth into it, and I really enjoyed it.
1: Good. So four stars for The Cook of Castamar. And now we go back to cinema. We go back to cinema, and in cinema, we will find Babylon. Um, Another three-hour film. Three three hour and nine minutes, yes. (laughs) Another three-hour
3: film. From a a film with lots of structure to basically a film that is all over the place with no structure. (laughs) But... but, uh, Okay, so the story of this is basically it's, it's, it's of an era when the silent films are starting to become... Uh, it's, it's coming into the sound era, so it's like the transition, so...
1: Singing in the rain.
3: Yep, that's in it. That's in it. Um, so, exactly right. So there, there's many references to that. So, okay, so uh, what we're going to say here is the three hours for me seemed like one hour. I did not Ooh. believe. I didn't know how much how much time had gone. I totally, totally love this film. Damn, it's absolutely brilliant. It's all about, I mean, I know it's, it's had a lot of pain, but this is just about cinema. If you're a cinema file, you've got to love it. So all yep. the silent films, yeah? And there's a it's basically this this girl who's based on Clara Bow, I think, Clara Bow and, and, you know, some of the pictures I've seen. So called The It Girl, and she's really promiscuous and really... um so, that, and she breaks she breaks into the movies she breaks into a, the movies that's the
1: margot robbie character
3: that's the margot robbie character And then you've okay, got cool. the brad pitt character which is based on john gilbert and and because you know this is a guy so for all those things it is it's pretty much all over the place but there's some great stuff in this when they're filming so you basically go to the dead and you've got all these little shacks with the people you know cutting the film saying okay let's go so you've got like a western scene and yeah yeah, like, yeah. that's how the margot robert character um can't remember name now but
1: uh yeah so she's <laughs> uh, I'm just, I'm just, just call her margot robert Mar- margot robert yeah 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 <laughs> Robbie.
3: yeah yeah yeah. margot robbie so um yeah it's just and there's references to loads like there's a fatty arbuckle scene so it starts off basically there's a bit of a prologue and then you've got the big party where you can understand why it's 18 because there's there's nudity and there's all sorts of weird things going on yeah 1920s
1: hollywood and then, hollywood.
3: And then for kids and then someone comes in and goes, "Oh, you know, we've had a bit of a bit of a an incident here." And it's obviously fatty Arbuckle because they go in and the girls and the guy's like huge. And he goes, "What have you done, you 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 big whale?" You know what I mean? It's like um, so that so that's obviously the guy must the director must know all, all these silent films, you know. And there's a character called uh, Lady Zhu, which is based on anime Wong, which is the other yeah. one, which is a Chinese character who's like yeah real yeah basically. Was like like yeah, lesbian and sort of quite fancies Mark. Anyway, so forget all that. Those those are the characters and there's loads and loads of cheap shoes. She- but la- Lady Farzu, Lady Farzu, brilliant costumes, everything. So anyway, they're shooting these films and there's all these like little shacks in the desert of uh, and they're going yeah okay come on we, just, we need and and there's the one bit with John Gilbert this one which I'm sure is a film which I can't remember but there's loads of extras going on in the background and he's he's a bit drunk and all that and he goes like okay, action, and um, he's like, he's really drunk, and he just like sobers up, and it's a scene where he's doing a kiss, and there's all this extra stuff going about, and then they come up, they're rushing up and saying, oh no, we've had an accident, and there's like extras that have been speared and stuff, you know what I mean, and it's like, they're all looking around, right, okay, drag him out, drag him out. And
1: Hollywood before health and safety. Hollywood
3: before health, health and safety, yeah, and there's like a big scene, which I've seen, which I think might be Alexander Nevsky, or something like that, it looked like from, but it's just like, you've got all these two Groups of charging, like knights and stuff, all, all crash into each other. Really, really spectacular stuff. And then it goes into, you know, the sound comes along and they're uh, they're trying to transition into sound. Well, the bit they've got, so they've got like sound booths, you know. You probably know this being an engineer that you are. Mm-hmm. And it's like, you've got the sound engineer. And so the Margot Robbie character, somebody l- comes in and she's like, he comes out. No, you've got to get your mark. You've got to get your mark. You've got to get your mark like that. So, and there's a bloke, the poor projectionist. He's in a, he's in another box. It's really hot. He goes, it's really hot in here. I need to get out. So he goes, go get in, get in, get in. And he goes, why can't you get your mark? And she gets really, really sort of fed up as well. So it's just in the end, and so, but the female direct, the female director in the film who's who's directing the the stuff is uh, the director's wife. Apparently, she plays. Her, it was quite good. She had the old jodpers on, you know, like the costumes. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Jodpers. I'm, I'm all, all over the, big, the place. Big massive megaphone. Film. Yeah. <laughs> and then the guy says, uh, the, the Manny character, the guy wants to get involved, he says, because they're trying to get the scene, he says, what you want, you want the trumpeter. So they've got like the jazz trumpeters and stuff. Yeah, 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 said, yeah, yeah, That's yeah. what you want to film. That's what you're going to film. So they well, end like,
1: up... It, it, it's a Damien Chazelle film. There's going to be jazz. Jazz yeah, is going to come in there jazz, somehow. Yeah.
3: <laughs> but there is, there's a thing when they're thinking it, when the executives come in and they say, oh, he's I mean the jazz trumpeter, you probably know the actor, don't you? Let's see. I mean, might I need my eyes or whatever. But anyway, um, and he they goes, You're not you're not black enough. You're gonna have to black up because we can't show this in the South because oh. of mixed waistings. And he's like, he's honestly he's like um, let's see if we can find who he is. And so they give him this, they give him this uh whatever it is, the makeup to make him blacker than he's I mean, it's just like you know so yeah um and he's not too happy about that which you can understand but he wants to be famous so he wants to make money but oh yeah uh, that's yes. a bit like yeah joe van deckboy I, yeah, I know i know i yeah.
1: know the actor yeah yeah so that
3: was quite profound you know he goes all you know after, and he's like looking around and saying do you know what i mean what's no point you know <laughs> no point oh well we can't because they think it's mixed race and we can't show it in the south and um anyway so that that's a little sideline um what else to be put here so yeah so,
1: so so yeah all i can say is that you started off by saying this is a film that's all over the place and sean in your review you it's are all over the place you, you are conveying that perfectly.
3: <laughs> 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 it's it, it i mean it was right up my street you know this this was the sort of film that was um that was like like totally i was totally immersed in this especially when it came to like like the cinema bits you know you've got to hit your mark you've got and the end the end the end bit towards the end bit is um yeah, that's why we, why we go to cinema but uh anyway the cut uh oh yeah there's another bit where um john gilbert he's made a sound film you know and he happens to go into the cinema to see the sound film being made and, and everybody like starts laughing and stuff you know yeah. so it's like, yeah. it's like so yeah um
1: yeah because it, it is i think it's one of those things that i think we probably know this because we are we are sad cinema fans and all that yes. kind of stuff but when Hollywood invented sound, or when recording sound, sound recording was figured out how to get that into into films. It ruined a lot of careers because all of a sudden people yeah. who were like heartthrobs, people were like, "Oh yeah, he looks dreamy," until he opens his mouth. What the heck is that sound? Yeah. <laughs>
3: and, that's... And, and
1: and and sound destroyed a lot of careers because yeah. people couldn't do what they were doing before, and people said like, "Once you once you put the sound in there." It's not the same effect as the as the person had, or the person could do the physical acting, but couldn't yeah. do the more realistic acting.
3: <laughs> yeah, and that was the um, that was the 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 reference for singing in the rain because singing in the rain does does come into this. Yeah, singing in the rain, go yeah, but it yeah deals with that. So deals with that. Yeah. So, but so, yeah,
1: this. So, so yeah, up your up your alley, Sean. How many stars?
3: Okay, well, there was a couple of bits in there which I thought were unnecessary and a bit disgusting and didn't really, I thought, especially the prologue bit with an elephant. Oh, and yeah, I was with like, the elephant. I've, I've heard uh, about like, the elephant. I was like, why would you put that in there? And there, there's another, there's a couple of scenes like that which I wasn't, wasn't comfortable with, so that stops it being a, a five star, so I'm going to give it a four star for this one. So, yeah, I liked it, yeah. So, but those, those those not particularly nice bits were, you know, they would knock it down from being being a five. And I know I'm probably different to everyone else because I know the film, I don't think it's been nominated at all for the Oscars. And actually, after seeing this film, I listened to the Commode review and he didn't like it and loads of people don't like it. But I actually yeah. really, 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 really liked it. And I looked at some of the comments underneath the YouTube thing that were saying, why is he saying that? It's a great film. And so there are a lot of people, I think this is a real Marmite film. Yeah. So, yeah. But if, for me, loving Cinema, it was... You know, cut, get your mark, get your mark, you gotta get your mark. <laughs> you know what I mean? With the sound booze and the you know, everything like they cut, so no one can make any noise and there's some guy who sniffs or saying, get me. You know what I mean? So like,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, even on my level, even on my level, <laughs> I've had I've had things that have been rene- that have been ruined. I was actually editing a video the other day and it's just somebody talking to the camera and then I'm listening back to it afterwards, I'm like, What the what the heck is? Oh rubbish! Somebody was in the other room chatting about their wedding or something. <laughs> <Really>? <laughs> it's like you've ruined it. You have ruined my take. <laughs> <laughs> but it's not that serious, so I have to use it anyway. But <laughs> I'm like, all right, cool. So yeah, the, the Babylon, Babylon. Maybe one for cinephiles. I mean, this is the film that I mentioned. It was a three-hour film that I mentioned when hmm. we were when we when Sharon, Holly, and I were complaining and saying that we don't want to watch Avatar. And I was like, but I would I do want to watch Babylon, but not Avatar. They're both three hours plus. I don't know why. But anyway, so now we get onto a final thing. And this is Glass Onion. Glass Onion that both Holly and I have seen. So Holly, Holly, you have been sitting out there very, very patiently saying nothing. So <laughs> I So I will let you I will let you Go on and tell us what Glass Onion is about. Give us the synopsis. Although I will come in, I will uh, apologize and say I might butt in
0: every now and then I say something. <laughs> to your heart's content, because I'm sure my um, my recollections will be somewhat shakier than yours. Um, so the the base premise is that this is a a follow up to Knives Out. Yes. Um, focusing around the detective. Uh, in Knives Out, whose name I
1: Benoit Blanc.
0: Uh, thank you, and uh, who is played by Daniel Craig. Thank you. I could just see his face, and I've got my <laughs> words again. This happened to me last week. I had no words, um, and he is rather bored, and he's got nothing to do and nothing to solve, and lockdown has, you know. Yeah, le-
1: be- yeah, because the film starts off in, in in the middle of a COVID of a COVID lockdown in America.
0: With so him, got- wine in a bath.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> so you know, we have we still have some sort of theme here. Is the beginning of films with wine drinking. If we re- return, <laughs> to the joys of persuasion, and he has yeah, time on his hands and is feeling morose, and suddenly you have a knock at the door, and something is there for him. In tandem, a number of of people in all sorts of walks of life have received boxes that they realize are from their friend and these are puzzle boxes and they need to solve the puzzle in order to reveal his message and they're uh, doing this you've got the the actress friend who is um renowned for saying inappropriate things
3: <laughs>
0: a who's, um, who seems to ac- accidentally be an anti-Semite every 15 minutes <laughs>
1: it's, it, This is, this is uh, played by Kate Hudson yes. and I'll tell you how bad it is that she, she is played by Kate Hudson she has a, she's called Birdie she has a, a, an assistant called Peg and Peg's main job seems to be taking Birdie's phone to make sure that Birdie doesn't tweet something that gets her cancelled again
0: <laughs> she has a very very poor track record yeah um there is the the friend who is some sort of internet star with an incredibly young girlfriend yep um the
1: uh, a right a right-wing leaning internet star
0: yes uh the oh, who else are we missing um
1: the the scientist who works for yeah. the who works for the millionaire. Or yeah. the billionaire, rather, scientist who works with billionaire in a company called Alpha that does things like electric cars and space exploration and stuff like that. So there's no, there's no guessing who who this bad who not, not the bad guy, but who this guy is supposed to be. Who this, yeah. Yeah, who, who could it possibly be? He owns a company that does like cutting edge stuff and does electric cars and goes to space. Uh, so there's there's him, and then there's also a governor. There's a governor of a state who is also friends and he receives one of these boxes as well.
0: Now you get in the solving of the boxes, you have wonderful little um, cameos. Uh, I think Yo Yo Ma shows up, as you do. Um, I do a yeah. Film Serena Williams appears. <laughs>
1: i don't okay okay oh yeah uh,
0: magic uh, yeah Uh, i I think
1: i I think that there are some uh, okay we'll stop there with the cameos because there's some cameos that anybody anybody who watches this film i think are are delicious are delicious cameos that i think oh i I love the way they did that yeah
0: yeah sublime absolutely sublime so they all solve their boxes and show up on a boat heading off to an island um Owned by uh, you know, Miles Braun. Yes, played by, uh, played like, by Edward
1: Norton. It's uh, a Greek uh, island.
0: Delightful billionaire. They they all get get COVID swabbed and everything, and are allowed to take their masks off. And uh, Ben Wise there because he's obviously also received a box. And off they head in this beautiful. and appears suddenly. His um, and unexpectedly to everyone else there, his former partner, um, with whom there had been a significant falling out. Yes. Nobody expected to see her there.
1: Played by Genomone,
0: who is quite fabulous. Mm-hmm. So they all head off to the island where they are met by their, their their glamorous host and told that they are there for an exciting holiday to a weekend to solve his murder. And they're all given strange room connections and sent off to swan off around this very very fancy island that is all uh powered by a magic fuel i'm (laughs) I'm not allowed to say that much because that's right at the start he does say that immediately okay okay that's um so there they are on this uh, this exciting island of his where he's brought in all sorts of ridiculous things that make him happy and he is hosting this party. Oh, I will hand over to toast
1: them for the next step because don't say again. <laughs> No 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 okay no it's just so all right I mean Sharon you're an Agatha Christie fan and you might have heard a lot of Agatha Christie like things in the in that synopsis. A yeah. whole bunch of disparate people coming being invited by this one guy to an isolated no island. Yes exactly. <laughs> and these are all things. I mean I'm not sure did you ever watch Knives Owls the first one? Yes I did. You're watching nicer. and so Ryan Johnson, who directed it, is obviously an Agatha Christie fan. He is a he's a murder mystery fan and all that, and so he has put and he leans into this. He doesn't try and hide it whatsoever. That this has definite tropes of the Agatha Christie people in a place that, and he goes into that, and um. And so, Benoît Blanc obviously is kind of like in the Hercule Poirot role of okay, something's going to happen, going to try and figure it out, all that sort of stuff. But the thing about this that I really, really like what Ryan Johnson does with these films is that he is a, he's a, a murder mystery fan. He knows most of the people watching these are murder mystery fans. He knows that he's working in the shadow of Agatha Christie. So his job is to try and figure out ways of doing something new that stays within that genre. And I think he nails it. I I really really do think he nails it. I think the 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 characters are good. You have the characters around, and you 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 you're happy to watch the characters play off each other. You're happy to you spend enough time to try and figure out how do these people know each other? Why would these people get together? Why would this people be friends with those people and all that? Why would this work? And and there's
0: even bits not, about off the what? top of my head. It's none of it is logical. It is a very, very Agatha you know, almost yeah. How have
1: these people... How have these people gone together? The fact that the, uh, with Benoit Blanc, it's like, you know, and why would you have Benoit Blanc at a murder mystery thing and what happens in there and all that? And I love the fact that it is... I mean, the film's called Glass Onion. The film's called Glass Onion, and it is... I hate this. I I, I hate myself for saying this, but it's almost kind of like a you know, metaphor that's like, you know, because this film, as you peel back the layers something else comes up and then something else comes up and you're like oh 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 that's interesting how does that work how does that work and it does it does the things that you expect there's the everybody coming to the boardroom we're going to get into the boardroom (laughs) now and i'm going to walk around and and daniel Craig as benoit blanc is going to tell you exactly why the southern mocha thing works this way and all that kind of stuff and all that is done and everything is done but the film still finds things to surprise you and things to and things to make you go oh oh okay okay that's different and obviously the fact that uh, that um I, I, there's this there's there's this trend that has happened in films where the it, Oh, I think Agatha Christie. As much as it was mystery, there was also some satire in there, and this is very satirical. Like the, I think pretty much every character in this thing is satirizing something. The main character, the the the, the, the billionaire who invites everybody to his island, is kind of like your Elon Musk, your Mark Zuckerberg, your Jeff Bezo- Bezos. He is all these people rolled into one. He's and and he's kind of like the the entitlement is in there and like the fact that he they have this running joke about the fact that every hour on this island there's this mysterious bong that comes on and you just hear it every hour and he says that oh yeah I got Philip Glass to compose that so he got Philip Glass the world renowned composer to to compose a bong and it's and and i think I, I love how satirical it is i love the fact that it plays around all these things i think the mystery itself is actually quite is quite a good one and and yeah. the 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 play the way it plays out in the end the way it plays in the end i actually i quite like i quite liked it i i quite like what they did and i think it uh, and this is this is like a series of films that I will, i'll be more than happy to see a third one i want to see the third okay.
0: one yeah, it do- it doesn't feel like the sh- the shark has been jumped by. No, no it
1: does. It doesn't because it's like a totally standalone film from the first one, so you don't have to watch the first one to watch the second one. Totally standalone stories, and uh, I really, really enjoy this. I w- I would give it a four out of five.
0: I agree, definitely a four out of five. It's it's another one that I think definitely warrants a rewatch as well. I mean, as we know, rewatch everything, but I think the things that emerge as you watch it through. You really want to go back and see if you spotted things, ah. what you may or may not have seen or not seen. Mm. Or. That
3: That is one good thing with revisiting films, actually, once you've seen yeah. them. I uh, Okay. Okay. I have to, I have to boast about this. I have to
1: boast <laughs> about this, that there was something that happened early on in the film. And I caught it the first time it happened.
0: I I know what you're talking about. I, I um, caught
1: it. I, I caught uh, it the, when, when it happened, what happened, I was like, I was watching, I was watching with my wife and I was like, Oh, you see what he did? He just did that. He just did that. That It's like, he did that. that. And then when something else happened, I was like, I'm pretty sure that happened. I'm pretty sure that happened. And it ends up being significant in the end. And it's just some, like a little aside that I don't think you're supposed to notice. But I noticed it. And I was like, yes, I am Benoit. <laughs> <laughs>
3: well,
0: it has to be there because otherwise it doesn't make sense.
1: Yeah yeah. yeah 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 i know i know but the, the fact is something I s-
0: happened that yeah
1: but the, but happened. the fact is i spotted it i spotted it and i was like yes 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 get me to a greek island with a bunch of people and i will solve the mystery so yeah, that is four
3: stars for glass onion so uh, when it, sean did you have a question look at okay, got a question no 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 it's, it's I've just i did earlier on and then i was thinking when it was the island that i was thinking about i was just sort of imagining but with the bong, I was imagining like Battle Royale. I don't know why it just sort of, you know, mm. with, a, with an island with the bong all the time. It was like, yeah, yeah, mm. yeah, yeah. 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 So, yeah, but uh, it's probably nothing. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> yeah, but the
1: but thing is, yeah, but I would say this is I think everybody in this film is on song. Everybody is they seem to be having fun. It looked like it was a it looked like it was a lovely holiday they had while they were making this film. Yeah. <laughs> because because and a lovely house they got to live in because they lived in they lived in the house that they filmed in, uh-huh. which was which is like you know, billionaire's mansion, so it's quite good. So now all that's left to do is to figure
3: out who won this week. Who do you think won this week? Cinema or Netflix and Friends? Well, I think, for me, I think because uh, because TAR only got a three, I think, and all the the Netflix ones got a four, I think probably Netflix pips it this week, by Pipsqueak.
1: Yep, 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 yep. Sean, you are correct. Netflix wins this week. Obviously, when we only have four things, it's a bit easier to figure that out. But so Netflix won uh because Tar uh, Sean, because I wouldn't say because Tar got a three, because Sean gave Tar a three. three. Which, which shows that Sean is Sean is kind of like, you know, Sean is like the temperature of the nation. It's like people are giving it a one, people are giving it a five, I'll give it a three. <laughs> Yeah, it's a, I'll, I'll give it a three so um so yeah that is it uh, th- that is it thank you so much for listening to us this far if you like what you hear like Tywood does obviously and keeps coming back ever on send us some feedback let us know what you do if you're watching this on youtube and you watch a watch one of our reviews let us know whether you think we're wrong and um if you like it do go on somewhere wherever it is you heard your podcast and give us a star review uh five star hopefully five star uh we have yeah. Or, or, or just do the whole thing Either give us Don't give us a one Don't give us a five Give us a three Be nice yeah. <laughs> And it'll And we will Yeah it'll be, it'll be lovely to hear from you But until that Until next week When there will be Something in cinema That probably Sean will watch That
3: I <laughs> That I have no idea What it is It's a goodbye from me And it's a goodbye from me
2: Goodbye for me Goodbye from me
3: Thank you very much For joining us <laughs>